You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's R&B Divas After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's R&B Divas After Show. This was my favorite, well, one of my favorite songs from you. Thank you. I love this song. Yes, and I love the video too. You do? Yes, I do. We just doing a little dancing. Yeah, yeah. I dance. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're tuned into AfterBuzz TV for RB Divas LA Season 2, Episode 3. I'm your host, Bam Erickson. The other hosts couldn't make it tonight, but boy, do we have a treat for you. We have in the building a multi-platinum recording artist, and she is the RB Diva, Michelle. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Hmm. And then, you know, I was nominated for a Grammy, my first album out. Yes, you do you know were. that. I do know that. Oh my God, and no one ever gives me credit for it. My, I mean, that's big to be nominated on your first album out, right? But not only is it big to be nominated for uh, for a Grammy, but you had five singles that spanned from um, from 1989 to 1991. So in every in all three years, you had songs that came from that one album. That is unheard of in these in these days. I know, and it's still playing. Mm-hmm. That's unheard of. That. The little kids, six and seven years old, are mm-hmm. now singing my songs. Yeah, it's crazy. What? What? Um, how does? How do your kids? Um, what do they think about you? Or when they do they look at your videos? Have they seen you and and your videos? Yes. Well, one mm-hmm. of them was in me on one of my videos. Something in my heart, Marcel, mm-hmm. my son was in my belly. That's why I had the boa. Bo- oh. The boa. He was. We were hiding my belly. I was like. Eight months pregnant or something crazy. Wow. Yeah. And then after something in my heart, then in 1991, then you did the If video. And then we did the If. I was still pregnant. Still pregnant. pregnant. What we did was we shot three videos back to back because Mm -hmm. we knew that I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. So we shot all of them at the same time almost. Do you know what I mean? So I was pregnant on Keep Watching. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know, right? I I was pregnant on Keep Watching, Something in My Heart, and... um. If. Get out of here. Yeah. And 2.7 uh, million and, copies yeah. worldwide. Yeah. We did good. We were, that was big back mm-hmm. then. I mean, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Especially for a new up-and-coming artist. Yeah. So it was really big. Wow. We were proud of ourselves. Well, we're going to get more into your career later on. We're going to okay. talk about R&B Divas. And so you watched um, you watched last night's episode. Do you do you watch it? Do you have a, um, you watch it uh, at the time it airs? Do you tweet? Do yeah, you, I did live tweeting. Mm, do you have any viewing parties? No, I, I don't go to them because I don't like to, to spoil it for people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I want them to kind of see it because I see it when they see it. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to, you know... Mm-hmm. Get go. That's not what happened. Or that I didn't mean that. You know, I mm-hmm. try not to do that. So gotcha. Okay. Well, let's let's dig in. So last night at um, uh, last night's episode, we have Shantae with her manager Cheryl, who have this conversation 
recapping what happened when they were in the studio with Little Mo, Chrisette, and uh, Leela James. And Shantae says, you know, she's been in the business for over 20 years. You know, she sang backup for Shantae, Stevie, even Michael Jackson. And she would have sang backup if any of you ladies have asked her. Do you believe that? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I do, but I think she would have come with paperwork just like they did. I yeah. would have requested that we, you know, I think she's professional, so I think she would have done that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt that she wouldn't have did, but she wouldn't have came in and just saying and said goodbye. Yeah. She's been in business too long. Yeah, and so then as that conversation continues, uh, the manager says that um, the paperwork has been sent to uh, the three artists, and they're on the timeline, and so they need 28 to 48 hours to, to make this decision. Then Chrisette meets with her manager in Venice at his apartment, and he received the paperwork. It's, it says, hi, ladies. Thank you so much for your participation in Shante Moore's bonus track. We must, that was spelled mush, have written permission to use your vocals. This is simple and formal, but please sign if you understand. There is no fee involved. Sign your name, date it, with no letterhead. Wow, and it was that was an amazing contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've gotten some of those, but that was probably when I first started in mm-hmm. the business. So I, I haven't seen one in a long time. Mm-hmm. But I think that I don't know who did it because Shantae just kept saying the producer, and mm-hmm. she just wouldn't. She didn't say. She just so we still don't know. In the confessional, Little Mo said that the manager Cheryl sent the. The, um, the letter and I guess Cheryl did say that she you know she emailed or she sent out the letters to, and, to management and she wrote it and sent them out yeah that's but, what it appears and, to be okay well then mm-hmm. then that's the person then mm-hmm. I mean I didn't know that she fessed up to I just don't know if I would have fessed up to it mm-hmm. I, no letterhead I mean I I, I don't know if I would have said mm-hmm. yes that was me I would have blamed somebody else <laughs> <laughs> who else can you blame I don't know mm-hmm. yeah well so then there was this meeting that all the all you ladies attended at um at a place called um it was called Skylight Garden. So you guys are you guys are all there mm-hmm. and so the whole topic came up about about the energy and how certain things was because they hadn't really seen Shantae. Shantae didn't go to the therapy session. And so when they were all there, uh Shantae says that she felt a little bit uncomfortable. There was this whole thing about the pink elephant. And then Shante goes on to say how she feels the elephant is addressed to, uh, about her and how there was tension between she and Kelly Price last year. It made her feel uncomfortable. And then this whole thing comes up about the contract. Right. And all three of the women had something to say in regards to that. And Chrisette, you know, basically said she got it. Um, it was not professional. Leela said the same thing. Mo said the same thing as well. What do you think about that situation as far as the women coming to be a part of Shantae's uh, bonus track? Well, I, first of all, I want to know where the bonus track come from. And when you do that... Um, I, I believe I... Shantae had the song already written, but she came to the girls and says, hey, I would like for us to do a woman's anthem. Okay. So, I'm, I'm not sure if this was done 
before or after? I'm not sure, but I think that she's been in the business long enough mm-hmm. to know that you get the paperwork right, especially mm-hmm. a seasoned. You're talking about seasoned artists. Yeah. You're not talking about just somebody who just got in the game. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that the paperwork, it was just an immature move, mm-hmm. and, it, and, and, and it looked shady. Mm-hmm. And even on when you were on Twitter, if you were on there last night, I think even some of her fans kind of said, no, you know, Shantae, maybe it did look a little bit like Mm-hmm. This way, you know, it looked a certain kind of way. Yeah, and I don't feel Shantae really fessed up to it. She kind of went around about it rather than, you know, she said that she tried to apologize for the situation, but I don't feel like Shantae really fessed up to it and said, hey, you know, um, they felt a certain way. They were told that they wanted to collaborate on a, you know, like a woman's anthem song. Once they get to the studio, now they're singing backup. So, yeah, you know, uh, Chrisette did say, well, I don't sing back up. And Lodomo said, well, I ain't sang back up since 98. And I don't, I, I think Shantae, from, from what I got from the conversation that she had with her manager, she made it come off as if the women felt that they were too good to sing back up. But more so, I think the women's issue was that they were told one thing and then they get to the studio and that was something different. Which is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Now, was there, how did you feel? How did, how did you feel that you and Claudette was not involved in this women's anthem? Privileged. You know, everything isn't for everybody. And um, You so, felt privileged? Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, look, I, I always say, you know, I, I, I did, you can't miss what you don't have. Okay. Okay. So, you know, there was, and it, it's not in my dream list. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not in my bucket list. So... I was not even surprised, even when we found out, because we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Me and Claudette were completely in the blind until we got to therapy and all this and all this. We were like, oh, my God, you guys have this issue. It's a mm-hmm. real, you know, it was real. And we were like, oh, my God. So um, the fact that she didn't ask us, I, I just thought, you know, maybe either she just don't think that we're good enough uh, she just thought that Chrisette and Mo could help her sell more records. I really don't know. And you know what? It's funny because I didn't even ask her. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's funny. I don't think I... I'm glad you said that because I don't want to say it first. Uh, I did wonder if she had Mo and Claudette, I mean Mo and uh, Chrisette and Leela versus the other two because maybe she was trying to get to the to the, to the younger urban R&B market versus the adult contemporary, which she tends to fall into that category. So I did wonder that myself. I was just going to wait to ask her when she comes here yeah, to the studio. We don't know. So yeah. it would be really enlightening to know why she didn't. Mm-hmm. And she has every right to have whoever she would like on her bonus tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's wonderful. But I mean, you know, each, to each his own. I don't really think uh, me and Claudette, we didn't lose any checks mm-hmm. over it. Yeah. So we're okay. I and- don't want people to think that we're, you know, I think you know, we were really okay. Yeah, especially after how it went <laughs> especially down. Especially after how it went down. We were like, okay, great. Okay. And so then Leela and Chrisette had many conversations about how they felt a certain way because there's all this there's all this talk about there's all this talk about how the women are still holding on to season one, the uh the diva log and how it appears that all of these things has escalated since the whole Puerto Rico trip. There's some women who have um, reservations about wanting to work with the women again because of season one, how that whole thing fell up, came about. So I think that they do have a right to feel a certain way. Leela feels one way, Chrisette feels another way. Uh, Leela's like, listen, that was last year. I have nothing to do with that. So what who cares? 
right. Chrisette's more the the peacemaker, and she wants to get to everyone's. She wants to get to everyone's problem, figure out what's going on, and then work this out. Yeah, she's our onset therapist. Mm-hmm. What What were your thoughts about? What were your thoughts about the, the two and the conflict with this? Um. Well. First of all, can I say this? Because I don't know if it makes sense to anybody else, but mm-hmm. I don't know why me and Claudette was in a therapy session if we wasn't even in a session to begin with. What did we need therapy for? I didn't understand that either, <gasps> especially if Mo and Shantae could make it. So I was thinking to myself, why? Was we fillers? We see fillers <laughs> again? I was like, oh, my God. That's why when you just see me and Claudette, we just be looking at with them shots going. And it was so funny because <laughs> it was like the two of you, you guys were just what sitting there. like, mm-hmm. we don't know why we what's going on we sitting there going okay that, that must have happened but and then I was like okay well look we don't know cause we wasn't here we don't know and then you guys were also oblivious to what went on in the studio because you didn't know that Shantae had asked the other women to sing until we got into that mm-hmm. until well we were briefed a little bit when we were um, walking when we did the hike uh-huh. you know kind of but she didn't really go into it and she said well I think we should all talk about it but I didn't think she made me and Claudette because we weren't there mm-hmm. I thought that was just her and Leela you know, mm-hmm. and talking about they were going to do whatever. And I thought, okay, that's cool. But then we all had to go for some reason. And so then, well, number one, why did you go? And then once you were there and the two kept going, they kept battling back and forth. Why didn't you just grab your purse and get the hell out of there? Well, because one, darling, you never walk off camera. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, No, um, no, I just... Because, one, I wanted to understand mm-hmm. what was going on, number one. Number two, I thought Shantae was going to blast through the door at any given moment mm-hmm. and do the surprise Wonder Woman, but she didn't. And, you know, and then I really wanted to understand what was really, you know, because it, it bothered them, you know. It was bothersome to them. Um, I just didn't know why me and Claudette had to take 45 minutes of our life mm-hmm. to uh, go to therapy that day. Now, Going back to the diva logs and the elephant in the room, from were you Michelle? Were you affected? Well, obviously, there's other things that we're going to discuss later. But as far as the reservations about wanting to do the trip to Puerto Rico, did you how did you feel a certain way about what happened in the past with the diva logs and working with the other girls and how you split? Did it bother you that much, or is this thing being overplayed for TV? No, actually, we, uh, those of us who were here last season, mm-hmm. we were all like, no, let's not do that again. Let's mm-hmm. not try a group thing. Let's mm-hmm. try doing something else. Yeah. Um, but then again, how was we going to bring in the other girls? And, yeah. you know, and it, it is R&B Divas. Mm-hmm. We are supposed to be singing and doing something. I mean, but we were thinking maybe something else, mm-hmm. you know, but that's what it was. And we were afraid that that was going to happen, and it, did um you know it, it we i think we it was easier this season because um it was more organized and mm-hmm. chrisette and leela just wasn't having it you know they were just like look chrisette was one at, at one point she was like well you know y'all let me know i just i got my pen i got my paper you know let me know mm-hmm. and then you know leela leela mm-hmm. well i just want to say y'all let me know when y'all get to me you know what i mean so it yeah. really wasn't as bad as it was because we didn't have no control head mm-hmm. like really wanting to so mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of made it work even though we dreaded most mm-hmm. of it you know yeah Cause- and going back to season one 
with the changes that was made um, for season two, were you happy with the changes um, with the personnel change? Well, I didn't sign any checks, mm-hmm. so it really didn't matter to me. I love that answer. <laughs> I love that answer. I totally. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, it's, it's, I mean, to be honest with you, I was grateful because our ratings was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it was win-win. Yeah. You know what I mean? You always seem to stay out of the mess. Because I've been in mess for so long. Mm-hmm. I make my own mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pick my own poisons. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been doing good so far. I mean, I've already been there. Mm-hmm. I really, I, when I say I'm seasoned, I'm seasoned all the way around. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know when it's not yours to, to battle, don't. I pick my battles. Mm-hmm. That's not one of them. You said that when you were um, when you were eating with uh, Chrisette, you said that you felt left out, and you're glad that she came and she reached out to you. Now, at what point were you guys into taping that, and why did you feel left out? I said that to Chrisette. Yeah. Well, left out about what? Um, she wanted to say hi to you and just kind of just have a have a one-on-one conversation and you mentioned that you felt left out as if maybe you felt left out of the group in some way god i don't remember that was an emotional talk we mm-hmm. had so i'm not i'm not really sure why i said that mm-hmm. i just know that I'm, I'm i'm a child of feeling abandonment a mm-hmm. lot like um so i don't really know why i said that but okay. i did say that i just don't know why i felt left out because I rarely feel left out. I just, you know, I'm me. Mm-hmm. I stay off to myself most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why I said that. I have to go back and watch that. Okay. My own show. Yeah. yeah. But again, you guys, you know, people forget. We we as fans, we get so invested into the shows right. that when we watch something, we think, oh, this happened. Oh, right. You Trying know, to find it. Yeah. yeah. A, a week or two ago when you ladies actually started, you guys taped this started back in December of 2013 yeah. and you wrapped five, six months ago. Right. So I totally understand Mo did the same thing where I asked some questions and she's like, I can't remember because you've kind of moved on. Right. We're living reality in real life. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it gets confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Understand. Um, so the therapy session from then goes into this thing now where you guys all discuss uh, meet together and now we've talked a little bit about that but now let's let's go more into the bigger picture when you guys were discussing the whole Puerto Rico thing by this time Leela had enough yeah. Leela had enough this week I was totally team Leela last week I, I know I said some things um, but this week I was totally team Leela because she said something that I thought was really interesting. She says that when you when you go into a new relationship, for you to bring the old relationship and it's not fair and why do that? And Leela says, I have nothing to do with season one. Who cares? So what? Get over it. Let's go forward. And Leela says that she is done. She doesn't want to she don't even want to do the trip anymore. Right. Can you give us some more insight? Was there anything that we didn't see that went on at the table? There was a lot that went on, but mm-hmm. I mean, she was just expressing herself. If we're going to have this, you know, what she called a bull swanky. Mm-hmm. If we're going to have that, then she just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if we got to go through all that. If we have to talk about it and go through, you know, and it was funny because nobody did want to say uh, what really happened. We mm-hmm. were kind of just kind of, I don't know why we was tiptoeing around it, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, she just, 
didn't want to go through that. And I understand that because we should have dissolved that as we did, I thought. And Chrisette also said something in the confessional about how people are scared to address the elephant. And she she gave a cold one. Yeah. She, she says that, you know, everyone is scared to say it. Just say it. You know, Kelly Price, she's not watching. She's booked. Yes, she did. Um, she said that. Yeah, that that was... You know, that's why I love Chrisette, mm-hmm. because she will tell you exactly what's on her mind. Mm-hmm. In, in the most creative, most beautiful way, it can come out mm-hmm. all the time. She's like that literally all the time. Now... It's, but she's very sweet with it. It's mm-hmm. not like um, it's not a bruise. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's done in the most delicate way possible, but truthful. And so, do you think that? Do you think that it was not discussed because no one wanted to discuss it, or did you think you were over it but not? Or there was this whole notion last year that some of the women were just frankly afraid of Kelly Price. So why do why do you think that the issue the elephant had not been addressed? I think because when we came back and we we already knew that they weren't coming back, then there was no reason to. And since I had nothing to do with what happened last season, mm-hmm. I didn't feel any need to address it mm-hmm. because it wasn't my problem. I mean, it affected probably some of the things we did, mm-hmm. but overall, I didn't see any reason to. Talk about it. Fair enough. Um, and speaking of addressing, I have to address all of you guys that are watching and listening. I have to address the iTunes. We want to thank you guys always for going to iTunes where you can download, rate, comment, and subscribe. Uh, this really keeps the lights on here at Afterbus Studio. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in every week and listening or watching via YouTube. Make sure you guys go to YouTube. Make sure that you guys go to iTunes, download, rate, subscribe, and uh, please tell friends. All right, let's go for it. Okay, so now... Um, now can I tell them how hot the light is? Woo! It could be this way. Okay. I love your voice. Good light. You have this... I know you're from... I know you're from uh, Compton, but you, you have this this East Coast lingo to your no, speech. actually it's Southern. Or Southern. It's Southern. It sounds a little... Like I you got know. R's. I, my R's are horrible. Everything sounds like R. Mm-hmm. Yeah, southern. Okay, it's not southern to me. It, it, it's it's not southern. It's, it feels a little East Coast to me. Really? Yeah. I wish I was a little East Coast. Mm-hmm. I don't got no East Coast in me, but I probably got some relatives from East Coast. But, okay. Um, well, uh, speaking of East Coast, Little Mo was in the studio, so that's where a lot of her time was mon- monopolized doing um uh doing last night's episode. And so Mo was in the studio with um with producer Constantine, um, um Keenan, and um another guy. Um, I I'm, I can't remember his name, but so she had this song that she wrote with uh, her her now ex husband Philip called "Not That Into You," which is ironic that while they were married, they wrote this song. Um, and so she said that she was really emotionally attached to this. And the producer, when they were in the studio doing the recording, she uh, was told to, you know, to have the pain in her voice. And uh, she sang the song. What did What did you think about the song? I I thought the song was hot. And I, I'm looking forward to hope. I, I really hope that it's on her Scarlet Letter album. But what did you think about Mo in the studio and um, in that whole situation? Well, I love the song because I've been hearing it, mm-hmm. so I already love it, mm-hmm. and so I know it's true. Uh, it's real because it was when it was written. It came mm-hmm. from 
It came from the heart. Yeah. You know, so I know it's real. It's not just something that she commercially, you know, commercialized and said, oh, this is what I'm going to put out. No, it came from real tears and, mm-hmm. you know, real love and all that good stuff. So that's why it's good. And yeah, I hope it does make that album because it's a good song. Okay. Whether he's here or not, it's mm-hmm. a good song. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And just to sum that up, Little Mo. And have written the song with her ex, uh, with her ex husband Philip, and so she took off the verse that he wrote, and she also discussed how you know for the past six or seven years she only worked solely with Philip, um, and that their relationship at times because Leela asked um, like, well, damn, was this on some Mike Turner stuff? And she said that she felt that it was a little worse than that because. Philip really did not allow her to do that. He kind of monopolized, even when she thought she was in control of life and recording and music. It was really Philip. Um, so, I know you and I both know a little more, and I we both really know, uh, you know, we know a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you just have any thoughts watching that? How did you feel about that? Uh, I already been there, done mm-hmm. that, so I already know how that feels when um, they want to tell you what to sing and what to sing about, mm-hmm. and this is not the song, and are you singing about that boy? Who are you singing about? So I already did that. So, um, yeah, it happens, mm-hmm. and I'm, uh, you know, the good thing about it is some good probably came from it, so I always look at what good came from it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sure they wrote some really great stuff, and... Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you mm-hmm. had to really just flip it and go, you know what? But that you, you had to walk that journey to get to where you are now. Yeah. Just for whatever reason it is. Speaking of, you've been told to sing and do songs that you didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. On my way here to the studio, I was listening to Hang Time. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to the lyrics. Yeah. I said, no, uh-uh. This ain't me, Chalet. Right. Thank you, finally. No, I Hang said, Time was not. My favorite song. I mean, I, it, the, it was the beat. The, the beat go. The beat goes hard. That was my love jam. Love the beat. I love the beat. But hang time was a was a a term they used in jail. Oh, you know, they have time, hang time. So <gasps> now you get it. Oh, I get it. Yeah, now you mm-hmm. get it. And so I was just like, you know, uh, you know, it's okay. So, but I had to co-write with the writer, and I did. But it really wasn't like something that I would have. Now, when you say prison, I have to ask this question. Um, was this? Did this have anything to do with you visitations with uh, with your ex husband, Shugna? Well, I had. I don't think I had quite gotten to the visitation parts. I think we were writing from the idea of what you could do because they have hang time because okay. they have so much time on their hands. Mm-hmm. We we kind of went with that use your imagination mm-hmm. type lyric. You know, we was trying to figure out. How, this is my first time doing jail time. Give me mm-hmm. a break. So I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So when we, you know, we were like trying to imagine what do women go through? What do the men go through? Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Okay. And you know, you try to keep it, you know, so. And it was. It was a very different song for me. And I'm glad you said that because that's one of the songs that I probably, well, I wouldn't have released it mm-hmm. as a single at all. It wasn't my ideal. I told them when they released it that it wasn't the single. Mm-hmm. But they did. You know, I didn't have the power, so. Okay. 
I just had to ask that. We'll, we'll go more into to your artistry and your career. But now let's go into you and your um, your story with R&B Divas for season two. So um, you go to you you go to you arrive to Claudette's house and you ask her if she would go to uh, your therapy session mm-hmm. with her. And in the conversation that you're having, you mentioned to Claudette about. Um, you said something like, you know, you haven't, you haven't experienced this or anything. And, and Claudette actually did say that she had experienced it when she was having a hard time, you know, a couple some years back with her kids. She also thought about the same thing as far as taking her life. And so I'm sure that hit a chord with you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was shocked and mad because I thought you, you've been hearing me say this since last season and you didn't say anything, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of was a little hurt that mm-hmm. she didn't share that little secret with me um cause you know that was the whole point of the diva logs yeah. last season was to kind of get to know a little bit about each other that we didn't know so when she told me I was kind of like wow you know but I was glad she was there cause then she really understood mm-hmm. what I why I was there and what I was there for and it was really cool cause I was like oh my god this is awesome I'm not by myself and then I thought when I got to this the speech to talk to these people that they were all going to be like just like you know not happy and just sad and mm. all this and I got there and they were all laughing and bubbly I mean it was life you know it was beautiful watching I didn't I didn't know what to expect either because with you actually taping reality I was wondering okay did they throw some extras in there or was this a genuine no it was a genuine group mm-hmm. Real group, and I actually contacted a few of them to say hello, <clears throat> you know, after and everything. And I was gonna be, I, I said, I want to come and sit in on a couple, but it's so far, it was kind mm. of uh, far out for me to get to. Where is it? Is that Hope Baptist at Hope Bible Church? Where is that located? I think that's almost like by uh, what it's that mall way out, uh, oh, uh, uh, in the OC area. No, it's out here, it's in the valley, okay, and it's it's. It's out here, deep. Like, where's that big mall out here? Is it the Topanga? No, it's past. It's past that. So it was kind of... Okay, kind of far. It was a drive. So mm-hmm. I was going, um, that's that's a good hour and something by myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if they meet somewhere else, you know. Okay. See if, what I can do with that. One of the, one of the, the young men who was um, at the... Um, the session with you he asked a question that i'm sure you get asked a lot he says how could um how can someone be depressed who have hit records they're in magazines their tour and you said something that is you i mean you hit it right on the nail you said the expectation is really high and that you know it's like a cinderella syndrome where you know you have to there's like a facade of a celebrity especially back in the 90s where you had artists who were who were packaged and you have to look and be a certain way. And um, I thought that was just, I thought that was a great way to explain that. Do you ever get tired of people always asking, you know, how can how can Michelle A, who's had this amount of records sold, this Grammy nomination, all of the accolades that, you, you, that you've received, how can someone be depressed? How can someone be suicidal? How can someone be to? Uh, how can someone go to uh, a place in their uh, their life when they seems to have it all? You had you were with Dr. Dre. You were married to. You had all of these things, and then people sit and wonder, oh, why is she depressed? She got all this money. She got it, and people really don't understand. They don't. Mm-hmm. I think we should be the most depressed because we have to. 
we don't actually get to live the lives we want to. It kind of starts out that way, mm-hmm. but you actually become what the public really want you mm-hmm. to be in a sense. They kind of groom you into the person you become. Mm-hmm. You start out with all these creative ideals about what you want to do, and then you have to see what works. So if you have, back then we had all these companies that would tell us, oh, we we want you to stick with this. Mm-hmm. We don't want you to stick with that. Oh, you and Dre, you know, we like that you guys are together, but let's not announce it all the time. Mm-hmm. It was stuff like that. Like, But it was real, so why would we not be ourselves? And he was in almost every damn video. Right, and in. they didn't want that. But yeah. we said, oh, no, this mm-hmm. is what we want to do. So we had to kind of fight to do what we wanted to do, to stay creative and do what we wanted to do. But if you don't, you'll get the Cinderella syndrome. So, Cinderella syndrome. So, I think it's, we go batty, batty, batty because... You got so many people, mm-hmm. I mean, all day long, you know. Um, in between um, creativity, you get some time, you get writer's block, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want something to work, you want it to really work, and it doesn't really work. So, you know, that's a setback. It's not like a nine to five where your check is just coming in every two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our creativity is our check. Yeah. Period. So that can depress you alone. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot, that record didn't sell. Now what am I do? Yeah. The baby need pampers. Yeah. You know, some people rob banks. I don't. I didn't think of that. Um. Okay. So you mentioned that six months prior to you guys doing the diva logs, yeah, that you found yourself in a situation where you almost took your life. Mm-hmm. Um. How did you get to that place? What took you there? I'm asked that all the time. You don't know mm-hmm. when you get there because you don't know what it is. You just know that this is the day. Like something just comes over you, and you'll go, "This is this is." I just don't want to be here. You just Pam. I, I didn't. I don't know if my mm-hmm. day was stressful because I don't remember. Mm-hmm. You kind of have a block there because mm-hmm. you're trying to really think what you did that day and mm-hmm. how did you feel, but you can't really go back and get that. And I'm thinking that's so weird that. Your subconscious will block that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember the whole first part of the day. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it. And maybe because as you're trying to take your life, I guess you do kind of go off and you lose a little time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, um, I don't, I don't know. I just knew that I told, I told my, uh, one of the people who were working with me at the time, I said, you know, I'm not feeling very well. I think I may be a little depressed. And the first thing he said was, no, no, don't use that word. Don't say that. Don't, 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 don't say that because that's not good. Come on, let's go out. Let's, let's, let's go, you know, let's go eat. Let's go do, you know, they want to take your mind off of it. And then so you put a band-aid on it and you keep putting the band-aid on it, you know, but I said it. Mm-hmm. You know, I said it months before then. And so I knew I was feeling a little off-kilter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just knew something wasn't right because I was doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't happy, right? But everybody around me was happy. But when you, everybody around you happy and you're not happy, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and nobody cares as long as the ship is moving and the ship is docking and things are coming in. They don't care. They're going to dope you up and stand you on that stage. Because the people that work for you, they work because of who you are and what you can do. So therefore, sometimes they don't... They They don't want to see it. Yeah. They're in denial with you Mm -hmm. most of the time, or even if they're not. Like I said, they dope you up and stand you on that stage. Mm -hmm. And you just... and you Okay, well, I'm good. And then then they praise you, so you think you're doing good. Yeah. Because the praise comes, which is what you... You you look for it because that's what you do. So you kind of get lost in that. So I just stopped hiding from myself and said, hey, I can't do this by myself. So so when you were at that moment, um, 
Where, where, where were, you, were you home? I was home. So you were at home, and so your assistant that or who was working for you, did you call them on the phone, or were they with you at the house? They, I, I made the phone call, but I don't know why they. Everybody thinks I called my assistant. I don't think I've ever said who I called. Okay. Yeah. So you, somebody that was working for you. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Okay. Somebody that was working for me, and um, they didn't answer the phone. Mm-hmm. So that was like, that was even more depressing, right? I'm, yeah. Oh, great. You know, Kevin told him this. So it was just really all bad. I was like, oh man. But I'm telling you, nothing like being an idiot, like take, trying to take your own life. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just. You know, no bills was going to get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, it was nothing good to come of it. You know, yeah. I'm glad that I stayed here and that I realized that, you know, it wasn't going to change anything. What? Um, so you were at home and were you just going to medicate yourself? Well, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I had become this person that stopped opening the blinds mm-hmm. and just sleeping like... Gosh, I could see 14 hours. Just wow. sleep. Mm-hmm. Just depression. Yeah. But mm, ironically, and I look fantastic because when you get that much sleep, oh my God, you look fantastic. I, I must say, Dottie. But it was funny because even when we had to do things and they would come and jolt me up, you know, because you got to give me something to get up. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to give me something to get up. What would they and give so, you? Well, I'm just saying, you oh. know, I had to take either uh, I, I needed iron tablets or let's go. Well, we'll go. Let's go get a couple of drinks before we go out. Let's be. But it, I'm I'm a club. You know, I sing at clubs. Mm-hmm. So what else is at clubs? I don't do any other drugs. So okay. you know, they whatever other people do is fine. So I go. Oh, okay. So by that time. I don't think anybody had noticed. Okay, she was asleep like all day. Like we haven't talked to her, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Just kind of when they don't need you, you just over here. But when it's time, you know, let's get up and do what we gotta do. So I don't, I don't know if it was as noticeable as it should have been. But when I got to that point, I was just like, you know, I'm just not having fun anymore. You know, um, mm. I had already did everything I wanted to do. I, I reached every goal that I had for myself. So I thought in my mm-hmm. mind, yeah. you know what I mean? I achieved everything that I said I was going to do as a little girl. I really did it. I wanted a boy and a girl. I had a boy and a girl. I mean, mm-hmm. really, you know. Yeah. Um, I dated a successful man. I, you know, everything that I wanted to do, I really felt like I did it. You know, I lived in big homes. I was rich. I, you know, it mm-hmm. was, I thought I, I had the hit record. Everything that I wanted to do. You accomplished. And the people that I wanted to show it to, they're traveling now. Mm-hmm. So I was finished. And so what said no what said like was there something that clicked in your head was there um, um, a knock on the door what stopped you oh no I slept for about 14 16 hours Mm -hmm. and woke up and couldn't believe I woke up Mm -hmm. because I was going I was really upset so when you thought that when you said you was going to take your life away when you went to sleep did you take something to oh I took medication. Okay, so you took a medication and you thought, boom, that was yeah, it. Yeah, and, and then, so when you, well, I just, I wanted to ask because I didn't know if you, uh, th- there's different ways in which oh, people are trying yeah, to take their life. So no. I, I wanted to be clear. So you I took, wanted you, it to be like, mm-hmm. just easy. I wasn't, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. People do the crazier ways of jumping and all that. I, mm-hmm. you know. <sighs> and so after about 14, 16 hours, you woke up obviously and thought, what the hell? I was so upset. Uh-huh. I was so mad. I really was. Like oh great I can't even get that right, so it took um it took uh 
Well, the last thing I remember was seeing my daughter, and then I was just out. Mm-hmm. And she came in because she wasn't home, and that was all I remembered. So everything from that point, other than that, to just, I had to go back and like kind of piece some of the stuff, what mm-hmm. I could. But I was just mad, because then I felt like, gosh. And then when you go to the doctor, they give you more pills to treat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Right. But that's how they do it. So I was going, okay, well, then when I realized and kind of went through it, uh, I thought, you know, I was, it was dumb. I wasn't, nothing was going to get fixed. Mm-hmm. I was actually leaving them worse off than, than they were already. We had a conversation about this, uh, myself, the other host, and Little Mom, we were, we were talking about, the, the, we were talking about, you know, in suicide and, and how people always say that, you know, that's selfish of you. How can you do this? You're hurting the people that, that you're leaving behind. But when someone is in such a dark place, why would they be thinking about other people? You don't. Yeah. That's the first thing that you don't do. You think in your mind that you're helping them. Mm-hmm. You're freeing them. You're not going to be a burden anymore. That's the first thing you think. Mm-hmm. And as far as people, I do get a little angry when people say that people who try to commit suicide just want attention. That's a crack of crap. Mm-hmm. Crap, crack of crap. Because if that was true, then most of these young kids who are killing themselves, not leaving any notes or any sign for their parents, can't be looking for attention because mm-hmm. they're literally coming home from school and killing themselves. Yeah. So where's the attention? Adults are just, they're just going with, you know, people don't leave notes all the time. People don't even call. People mm-hmm. just do it. So where is it that people just want attention? Yeah. It's just, it's unfair to say. Maybe people are mentally ill and you they need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a thought of just, you're just tired. People get tired. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like if I got cancer tomorrow, all my friends are not going to be my friends tomorrow. You know? And speaking of friends, do you have um do you have a lot of friends? No. No? Okay. <laughs> of course not. Well, I, you know, I I knew that, but I had to ask. No, I don't. Um and so what did your kids um think once they found this out? You said you you um your daughter came back later. Now your daughter is uh, what, 11? She's 11. And then your son is 20, 23. So 23. So what did your kids um what were their thoughts on them finding out that mommy tried to take her life? Well, I told my daughter, uh, I set her down and had a great long talk with her and made her understand it, and she did. And she was she was mad. She was a little angry. Mm-hmm. and But she understood it. And uh, my son just was, you know, good, you know, mom, you know, kind of looked at me like that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But um, my kids are really they're well grounded, you know. Mm-hmm. They're really good kids. I'm okay. really I'm blessed to have them, you know. They mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. Well, I'm. Um, we're very glad that you did, didn't make that choice. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't me who didn't make the choice. I just didn't. It was my time. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. And people should know that. And no one is special. When people get in wrecks and certain people go and certain people stay, mm-hmm. it's not It's not about who's more blessed than me next. That's not really what it is. How How are you coping with you lost your you lost your mom and then your grandmother? And then my brother. Oh, and then your brother too. Yeah. And then your grandmother, um, she starved herself. She starved herself. My goodness. She didn't want to be here anymore when her daughter died. So I thought, well, that's a form of suicide. Mm-hmm. Worked for her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just yeah. kind of thought, and 
you know, and I took it a lot of ways. Maybe she didn't love us. Maybe she didn't want to be here with us, you know. Maybe she didn't care about us. I mean, I went through a lot of stages of emotion. Um, so, you know, and she was like my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, when your favorite goes. Yeah. You know, she was my favorite. Oh, sorry to hear that. No, it's okay if you didn't do anything. Okay. No, I, I always wonder why people yeah. say that because why are you sorry? It's just, it's, I'm having this conversation and just hearing it, it just, it makes me feel a certain way. So, you know, so. Yeah. But I still don't get what you did to be sorry. I, I always ask people to explain it. You can't, huh? Because I don't get it either. I'm just saying that I, I'm sorry to hear the words. I'm sorry to hear what happened. Obviously, it's not my fault, but I'm just expressing. Does that make sense yeah, of why I'm I've saying I've been trying it? to yeah. get a good, mm-hmm. good one. I don't know. Because I, I don't say anything to people. I just say, if you need someone to talk or you need, just call me. Mm-hmm. You know, because... You just listen. Sometimes you just want people to listen. And, and you know, sometimes people say that all the time too. And yeah. you know, just want somebody to listen. Um, okay, so I want to discuss you, your foundation. Um, one of the great things that I thought was really cool was that you they 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 paired you up with with Tony Cornelius, who is the son of the late Don Cornelius, yeah. and you were doing the PSA, and he's um, you are you've been a part of his foundation. And so I think that was really well. You you spoke on behalf of you did, 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 you did, did the, the PSA, PSA, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. And so now you have your foundation. I'm starting my foundation. You start, okay, mm-hmm. what is it called? I stayed here. Okay. Yeah. And how far are you into the um, to the foundation uh, launching? Um, I'm just I'll have my site up probably mm-hmm. in about a week. Okay. And then they can go to Facebook to where they can not have to go on Twitter and we can just privately, you mm-hmm. know, they can kind of just yeah. they can just privately do it so everybody don't have to know how you feel every day because sometimes you don't think about it at all. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just when things are really really bad. You know, you always use it as a backup. Just a thought. Mm-hmm. Not that you're going to do it, you know. Um, and just, you know, but just the um, just the magnitude of people who say to me that they have is it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's beautiful, too, in a sense, you know, that they're being vulnerable. And, you know, I mean, strangers, it's beautiful. And so how are you feeling um, now that this is aired? Um, how do you feel um, having to relive you in this mm-hmm. in those moments? Well, now it's it's easier mm-hmm. because now I'm getting to a, a better place so I can be more helpful. Because mm-hmm. I was I couldn't have helped you mm-hmm. six months ago. Yeah, I really couldn't have done anything for you. I wouldn't know what to say really because as you saw in the PSA, I was still just going I just you know mm-hmm. gosh don't say it you know I wasn't ready to even get there but now I am there so now I can at least say okay no we're gonna stay here together that's mm-hmm. why I stayed here I mean it wasn't time to go yeah. and you stayed here obviously if you tried mm-hmm. then you know it's not your time okay well I want to move on to now your career just a little bit uh, okay. we've already talked about your debut album yeah there's another song that when I go to the Bay Area to visit uh, at nighttime, there's a song that plays, and it's from the World Class Wrecking Crew, Before You Turn Off the Lights. Yeah. That is my song. Thank you. Oh, that is. I was 16 years old. You were 16. Oh, I love that song. And so um, that led you to being signed to Ruthless Records, correct? Yeah. So, and at the time you were dating Dr. Dre. 
Not when I did the World Class Wrecking Crew. Not when I did that song. Okay. Not yet. Okay. But then in transition, yes. in transition, that's when mm-hmm. you started dating. Um, and then we've already talked about um, your um, your uh, debut CD. Then in 1990, you were a part of the West Coast Rap All-Stars with mm-hmm. We're All in the Same Game. Yeah, everybody uh, was there. Yes. Everybody was on there. I still have the newspaper and everything. Mm-hmm. I can't believe all the people that were in there that made it that are stars to this day. You are a part of the whole West Coast hip hop movement. I know it's so awesome. How how insane is that? Like, um, you've worked with, you know, uh, you work with Snoop. You work with uh, obviously Dr. Dre. You know, the late Easy E. Pac. That that whole entire movement. What was it like being in the studio with some of them? What was it like working with the Dog Pound and you know doing this Playhouse? Like, are you glad to be a part of that movement? Yes, but you have to remember back then it was all about creativity. Mm-hmm. It really was. So we would just be in the studio, and if Daz was in there, and I would come through, and mm-hmm. I would just be singing something, and he would let me hear that, or you know, what you got, or any. It was. It wasn't about. Huh, you would just go and contribute back then without talking about no percentages or nothing. It was just all mm. about creativity. Now, speaking of percentages, um, when Easy got into this little this little scuffle, he was forced to sign over Dr. Dre, DOC, and you to Death Row. And so, my question to you was: when he was forced to sign you over from uh, uh, from Ruthless Records to, to to Death Row, did that affect you financially, royalty wise, or? No? no, not at all. Okay, so you you were still good. We were good. Okay, you were good. And then, so when you went over to Death Row Records, you know your next album didn't wasn't released until ninety eight. Was that why? Why? What took so long? Life. Life. Got away. Mm-hmm. Um, Suge Knight went to prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I was put in a position to be in a fake marriage okay and uh yeah i knew you'd get that yeah i do have to ask this question because i actually had heard way before word got out that you were married <coughs> to Shit knight yeah i know and the word on the street was that you were married to him to hold on to his assets oh that was almost I was almost about right, but I was the only one that didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. So it took me about two and a half, three years to figure it out, like to really put it together. Mm-hmm. But yes, so I guess people knew a little bit more than I did. Mm-hmm. But then I was isolated with detail for seven years. Okay, now you were isolated with details, but... No, with detail. Oh, okay, gotcha. Meaning two bodyguards. Like they were called detail. So okay. when I left my house every morning, I was with them. When I came in, I was with them every day. Okay, just a couple more questions. Um, okay. You know, you said that everyone knows that you're um, that you have kids by uh, Dr. Dre mm-hmm. and by and by Suge Knight. How are how are they doing as far as co-parenting is concerned? Do the two oh, of them? Wow, my son and my daughter, their fathers are. Incredible in the sense of they've stepped up, you mm-hmm. know, their fathers, you know. Um, I can't even complain, you okay. know what I mean? Yeah, there's a point where should you know, you know, you don't bring a baby a two thousand dollar backpack for school, mm-hmm. you don't have issues, but I can't tell him what to, to do with his money. Mm-hmm. I can't eat the backpack, the baby can't eat the backpack, but we can't complain, uh-huh. you know. And you know, when he's here, he's here, it's not like we see him 
Goth. I don't even know if he lives in LA. And Dre with my son, you know, that's that's his uh you know, his his he loves his father, so um it's fantastic. Okay. And my kids love each other, which is even I know, unconventional. My whole little mm-hmm. life is crazy. Yeah. And everyone always is talking because Dr. Dre um signed over uh Beats by Dre um to to Apple and mm-hmm. he's um rumored to be worth a billionaire. Um, now, although your son is old enough, there's probably no, um, there's no child support no, or anything. No, fortunately, but... I missed it by a couple of years. Well, he's 23. But okay. Yeah, but I'm really happy, though, because I'm a billionaire's ex, you know. It's on my shirt. All right. <laughs> got, got to love it. Got to love it. And then one other final thing is when you started to publicly um, reveal your past relationship with Dr. Dre and how, you know, he was abusive to you. Did he have anything to say? Have you guys spoke about that since? No, I, I think that bygones are bygones. Mm-hmm. I just did it because I knew that it was the most public thing that leg I left off of mm-hmm. and I knew that it was going to be addressed. Okay. Because I had, in three of my videos, I had black eyes covered in three of them. Okay. So, um, yeah, nice tea, no more lies. Yeah, I had, and keep watching. Okay. I had black eyes covered So, yeah. So I just was just hitting on stuff that was already public. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That I knew that being on this show, R&B Divas LA, it was going to be addressed. They were going to dig up, you know, that. And I didn't want it to seem like, you know, I don't know Dre, the new Dre mm-hmm. that I knew. We were kids. Gotcha. You know? He probably is a very decent man now. Okay. Because I'm a very decent woman now. I grew up. You Absolutely. know, I used to steal at eight candy. I don't steal anymore. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Okay. Candy. Let's go into predictions. Okay. And so, um, what can you what can you give us for what is to head? Uh, what's ahead for uh, season two of uh, R&B Divas LA? What's ahead? Wow, we're going to do the... Uh, what do you mean? Like, okay, is there anything... Like, is there... Inside, like, this? obviously the trip to Puerto Rico goes well. Right, we go to Puerto Rico. Uh, some great things happen. The end of the show is probably the best scene ever. Cliffhanger I've ever seen on reality television. That's insane. So if there's a cliffhanger, that means that it leads up to a potential season uh, three. I hope so. If they just let me be the maid or, you know, just clean no, up just to be on the, the set maid. because mm-hmm. I have to be there because okay. it's going to be really good. All right. Well, mm-hmm. Michelle, thank you. It was a pleasure so uh, being on our after show here at After Buzz. We want to thank you guys for tuning in to... Um, to us here Michelle let everyone know where you could be found on social media um I can be on Twitter I'm at Michelle Music mm-hmm. M-U-Z-I-C um Instagram the same thing mm-hmm. because I forget and then um if you go to uh, my site is Michelle Now All so right. you can find me there oh and at the mall at the grocery store oh no and in the audience at the Source Awards in 1995 yes. I watched that YouTube video uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning oh, in I'm Bam Eric Sammy. We want to thank you guys for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later.
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Thank you for watching.